0: Hi, this is Stuart Hardy with All in Sports Outreach, and I'm so excited about a new episode of our podcast. And today you're going to hear from a friend, Tyler Smith. He's from Selma, Alabama. He's fished in college and now is on the professional bass fishing tour of the Toyota Series. Recently married, just an incredible young man, understanding the platform that God has given him through fishing to glorify him and to make him known. So without further delay, let's jump right into it. So thanks for joining me today, Tyler. Thank you for having me. You bet. You bet. I always like these to start these off with some background information. So if you just give the listeners a little bit about yourself, um, maybe about where you grew up, a little bit about your family growing up and your family today. Yeah. Uh, growing up right here in Valley Grand, Alabama, right right
1: outside of Selma my entire life. Just kind of went to Morgan Academy and then went to transferred to Lions Academy and, uh, just been here and even went to college right here in Montgomery. Just always stayed close to home. Grew up uh, in a Christian home, parents. I've been in church since I can remember. Uh, went to Westwood Baptist Church all my life and now going to No Limit Church right here in Valley Grand. So always been close to home, never really branched out anywhere. So
0: so you mentioned growing up um, in the church and faith and so what point did you realize you needed that personal relationship with Jesus? You need to make it your faith and not your parents' faith.
1: I don't remember the exact date, like some people, but I right. actually came to Christ at a young age. I was I think six years old. Very, you know, I was not I had just turned six. Uh, but I can remember the moment like it was yesterday. It mm. was we were at a Wednesday night. Uh, we were still doing Awana at this time. You know, Awana has been long gone. And we were in Awana and we were singing our, everybody had come together after classes, closing out. We were singing, I'm a friend of God. And just, I remember just singing it. And me and Miss Cindy, who was the music teacher, we just kind of locked eyes. I just broke down, started crying. Mm. She came, gave me a hug. I couldn't speak. We went and got my parents. And over time, I finally got my breath and I could talk and that it all happened right there in the choir room. Uh, just, it was one of the things, you know, it was, it was kind of obvious that God was t- tugging on my heart and I was kind of, I know I was young, but I kind of knew what, what needed to happen and what he was calling. So
0: that's awesome. I just think that's the work of the Holy spirit, right? I mean, it's not anybody that can force us. I just think it's whenever God, you know, does, does that tug and I love it. That's good. So, you know, we'll talk about faith here in a few few minutes in the conversation, but I want to talk some sports. So, you know, youth sports is big in in Selma. So what sports did you play growing up?
1: I played football from third grade to when I graduated high school, and I played baseball from four-year-olds to I graduated high school. I was never into the basketball or nothing, but I was football and baseball.
0: And so – you had dreams of playing sports out of high school, uh, football or baseball, right? But uh, God had some other other plans for your for your life. So, kind of walk us through that process of you realizing that that's not what God wanted for you, and kind of discovering where where God wanted you.
1: Yes, sir. So, I've always I've always loved football. Uh, there's nothing like playing football, and then Friday night lights and cheering fans going crazy cheering you on. But baseball, I would say football was almost more fun in a way. But baseball was my love. I loved baseball. Uh, my dad played a little college baseball, and uh, you know that's that's where I, that's where I want that's where I wanted to be. Mm. Uh, got my senior year in high school, and I really I went to a couple of tryouts with some colleges. Was getting in, and it just it never really worked out in a way I was kind of behind I never really knew what I should have done getting into that and my baseball coach coach Shane he really tried to help me but a lot of times by your senior year it's almost too late and it just never worked out and you know I was a little discouraged but I was gonna try to walk on somewhere and it really I was fishing a tournament during the summer just with a bunch of older guys just kind of hopped in it a little Saturday derby, $40, get in it, whatever. And at the end of the tournament, I think me and my little brother, we finished second. And man, at the end of the tournament, this guy came up to me and said, How old are you? And I told him I had just graduated high school. I mean, I'd already, this was like June. I'd already graduated. Didn't know where I was going to school. Still was still thinking about baseball, trying to do something with baseball. And uh, he kind of asked me where I was going to school. And I told him I didn't know yet. He said, I know the fishing coach at Faulkner. Hmm. I was like, well, you know. He said, "I'm gonna, I'll tell him about you, and you know, maybe he'll call you." I said, "Okay, you know, I appreciate that." And it was like two days later, I get a call, and I answer it. It's the fishing coach, and he said he had one more scholarship spot available. And he's like, "Did you ever do any fishing in high school?" And I was like, "No, I never did high school tournaments. I've always just done the local fun for you know fish for fun stuff." He said, "Well, he's I got one more spot available if you want it." I said, "You know, I I really appreciate it, and I'll." I'll get back with you. I need to talk to my family. He said, you know, I understand. And then like a month later, I was like, I really got to make a decision on where I'm going to go to school in the, like a two months. So I called him back, and he said it was still available. And next thing you know, I'm at Faulkner and have nothing to do with baseball, and I'm fishing. And uh, we ended up going to one tournament before COVID hit, and it was all the way in Kentucky on Kentucky Lake. And I've never been out of the state of Alabama fishing before something totally new to me uh and we went up there me and uh six other teammates two other boats and uh we ended up me and my partner ended up placing 13th out of like 200 and i want to say 207 boats wow that that qualified us for the national championship in oklahoma and it's just looking back you know that god's blessed me so much i was like i didn't even want like, I'm not saying I didn't want to, but going to college for fishing never even crossed my mind before somebody's like, hey, would you be interested in this? And it's just crazy how that kind of went from that little bit of a conversation into me going and fishing in a national championship and competing for something like that.
0: So for those that don't understand, because I didn't until, you know, you and I first talked, that don't understand what like a bass fishing team looks like or whatever I mean a lot of people know you know what a football you know week looks like as far as preparation and practice baseball all that but what is what does a member of a college bass fishing team look like in season if you will
1: well I'm gonna start with in season it's really in season year round it's you know they have fall fishing tournaments, winter tur- winter tournaments aren't as popular, but they have them. Spring tournaments and summer tournaments are your most popular. But uh, you know it's it's a lot of work and a lot of time consuming. It's it's like any other sport. The more you're on the water, the more you're fishing, the more you're learning, the better you're going to get. Uh, but you know I was I was in school, and <laughs> that was one thing I liked about college. I was you could kind of fix your own schedule. I had all my classes where I was out of class by one o'clock so I could go fishing every afternoon. That's where I was at until that got really expensive and I started working some during the week. But, uh, you know, I mean, I was fishing every day and we had fishing team meetings once a month. That That's kind of how I prepared because even – Everybody in water is different. You're liable to go to the Alabama River here in Selma and fish and then go to the Alabama River out of Prattville and fish, and it's two different places. It's nothing fishes the same. They don't even fish the same every day. Uh, but then you get to your tournaments, and you, everybody's a team, but you're still fishing against everybody. Uh, like, I think I placed 13th in Kentucky Lake, and another boat of ours finished 189. Like, not everybody on our team finished 13th. But we we kind of help each other out because we want we all want everybody to do good. Uh, but as far as a fishing tournament goes, we usually the tournaments. Some tournaments are one day, some tournaments are two days, some tournaments are three day. Uh, we if the tournaments a, a one day Saturday tournament, we would go and fish Wednesday, Thursday, Friday in practice. Uh, this. Because, like I said, everybody's water is different. And when you go to somewhere you've never been before, I'm going and trying to find areas where fish are, where fish are active. Because sometimes you may go to an area and be in the springtime, then fish are killing it, and then you go there summertime, and then they just don't bite. They're not as active. Or certain days, they're not active. So some of it's luck. I do believe that. But another part of it is you kind of just have to learn to look for the right things. That's kind of how... It all just goes about and then your tournaments, college fishing is really taken off and, and it's this shot off up the mountain. It's uh like I said, you two hundred boats is a lot on the water. And it gets crowded and college fishing, I I know some tournaments they cut off at two hundred and twenty five boats, won't allow no more. And I remember registering for one tournament, I was like a hundred and something on the waiting list. Like that's that's oh, wow. a lot of people. Yeah it's really taken off and college fishing is really a great way to get your name out there and get into the sport of fishing. But, uh, it's, it, uh, yeah, it, it was, it was fun. And that's kind of how it all kind of works, I guess.
0: And then you, you know, you don't have to get into the, the whole story, but, you know, after that time at fog during COVID, you decided to walk away from the college fishing and go to just working full-time with your dad. So kind of walk us through that process of, you know, why you felt like God leading you to make that change.
1: Yes, sir. Uh, it was just when, when COVID hit, we weren't doing as much traveling and fishing. And I didn't really feel like it was benefiting me as far as getting my name out there uh, just because, you know, you see all these schools that go all over the country. And it's just when COVID hit kind of limited us at Faulkner, being a private school and everything. So, you know, I did a lot of thinking, a lot of praying and I just felt like I was, it my time at Faulkner had ran out, I guess. Uh, looking back now, you know, if, if I would have stayed and graduated in four years, I'd be doing the same thing I am right now, doing electrical work with my dad and fishing. Uh, so that was big role in it. And I had met Anna Grace, my wife, and I knew I wanted to get married, and I didn't see any point in waiting. If I knew, I knew. And she knew, she knew. So, you know, we kind of made that decision. And, yeah, it just just kind of felt like God was pulling me in a different direction. And, you know, I kind of trusted and hadn't looked back.
0: I think that's good. I, I mean, I think you're right. I mean, if you know, you know, right? Yes, sir. And no matter what you were going to do in college, if you were still going to be doing the same job you are today, yeah. Makes sense (laughs) so i guess now you're considered a professional bass fisherman so kind of talk talk us through where you are right now i mean you finished 2021 with a huge win um and now you're headed into 2022 you know on a different i don't know all the different series or or levels of the professional tour so talk about that big win and then kind of where you're headed
1: yes sir so uh, I had been fishing the major league fishing, uh, big five BFL, uh, division and series. And, uh, I qual So you got to finish in the top 45 in the angle of the year points to go to the regional championship. And I made that, I finished like 20th. Uh, I had a good season. Didn't really have a big tournament where I did really, really great. I just kind of was right above average every tournament. And, uh, you know, I had a lot going on, uh, getting married in September. I, a lot of tournaments were, uh, August and September and July. And I was kind of was thinking ahead on into, into September and, uh, just, I kind of had a lot going on. I told myself, you know, that's, it's okay. I hadn't had a bad year. Uh, but going to the regional championship, I had been married for two weeks. got married September 25th and October 7th, 8th and 9th was the tournament. So we, uh, I kind of got up there. I'd only been to Lake Wheeler one time where the regional championship was. I'd only been there one other time. I didn't really do good. Didn't really understand the land of the lake and just kind of didn't – just didn't have a good tournament. So, I went up there and I told myself, I was like, look, I haven't been fishing in like a week or a week and a half. And I was like, look, whatever happens, happens, you know. I'm going to go up there and I'm just going to give it my best. So, I went up there, had a good practice, uh, found some – Decent fish, and I thought it was something that could get me to that final day because everybody fished day one and day two. The top 12 would fish the final day. And then the top six of the tournament goes on to fish in the BFL All-American. And I feel like I was on some fish that might could get me to the All-American, but I feel like it would definitely get me a paycheck. And then first day of the tournament, overnight we had like two inches of rain, and the water came up two or three foot and uh was chocolate milk and i fished hard for four or five hours and just couldn't get a bite so i came back down to the in, south end of the lake where i had not fished at all and kind of just stumbled upon some fish and ended up catching four for about 10 pounds i think i had like 10 and a half pounds. and then the next day i went and sat on that same spot and caught 14 and a half pounds and then the final day of the tournament uh i ended up catching 18 and a half pounds which ended up being the biggest bag of the whole tournament and jumped me from fifth place all the way to first place and got me the win and uh you know that was just i I remember i caught my two biggest fish in the last 15 minutes and i can i can remember coming in and uh crying I ain't seen my wife and my mom and my dad up on the pier waiting on me. And I'm just, I lost it. And they're all like, what's wrong? You know, they thought something bad had happened and I couldn't speak. And the guy that was with me, he, you know, he had kind of explained to them and then they were all excited. And uh, I remember going up on stage and weighing in and they were asking me, how did I catch him?" And I just, I couldn't hardly speak. Just it all happened. It was just so quick. And uh, it was crazy. And, that win really has boosted my confidence. It's also, I feel like it's shown me that I'm going in the direction God wants me. You know, and uh, it just, a lot of people don't really understand because I, I was in the process of trying to figure out how I was going to afford to buy myself a boat. And then I get to that tournament and the winner gets a brand new 2022 Phoenix 819 Pro with a 200 horsepower mercury and this whole time I'd been praying and asking, you know, trying to figure out a way on my own and praying about it, you know, how am I going to be able to get a boat so I can continue to fish. And I was and I was like even is this what I need to be doing or is this something? is this happening cuz I need to stop fishing? And then, you know, like 2 weeks later, here, you know, he he God blesses me with a boat. You know, it's just crazy how he works everything out in his time and it, it's just one of the things the more and more you every time you're always questioning but then he shows you why you shouldn't question i
0: was gonna say you gotta get you to that point where all you have is to rely on him he gets to the point where i don't know if i can fish anymore this is my dream of fishing professionally but i don't god i don't have the means you know and then he gets you almost not i'm not gonna say rock bottom but he gets you low to where all you can do is trust him and bam there you go (laughs) So what does it look like uh coming up? You know, it's January 2022. What does it look like on the, you know, for your, I don't know the right word. I mean, your your fishing tour schedule. What is that? You know, is it a certain certain tour you're on now, or what level is it, if you will?
1: Yes, sir. I'm I'm uh after this past year and after that that big win, like I said, it boosted my confidence a lot. I'm moving up and I'm gonna fish the Toyota series, which is the highest you can go without having to qualify. Uh, So this year, it's only three tournaments, but I'm going to have those three, which is going to be – and I'm I'm also going to jump in and fish a few of the BFLs again and try to earn my way back to the regional championship and maybe even All-American again. It would be nice to go again. So
0: Yeah. So how do you balance that with being a newlywed?
1: A very lovely and respectable wife. (laughs) <laughs> you know, one that she knows this is my dream and, you know, she's really, really supportive. Uh, she, 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 I feel like she wants this for me just as bad as I want it for myself.
0: And if it wasn't for that, it probably wouldn't be possible. That's awesome. I love that. I mean, that's, that's teamwork. That's, that's what marriage is all about. And I'm sure she gets to go on some of those trips with you, right?
1: Yeah, so She's kind of excited about going to Orlando in a few weeks a little warmer weather
0: yeah what does it look like being out there in a tournament of I don't know 200 something boats you know you're you're a man of faith so what role does your faith play in fishing because fishing is a you know it's giving you a platform and then when you're at a tournament if you had any resistance to your faith
1: uh I wouldn't necessarily say any resistance to my faith but uh the tournaments I I have been fishing, uh, I have a co-angle. I don't know who they are. Uh, never met them before. I, I find out who they are the night before the tournament. I get their te- their phone number sent to me, and I call them, and we kind of get ways how we're going to meet the next morning. You know, somebody I never met before, and I kind of look at that in a way of, you know, I, I try my best to at least some point during the day I bring up that conversation you know have you you know are you a christian you go to church you know i try to bring that up some point throughout the day uh and i feel like that's you know that's a good way for me to help spread the word of god and i feel like that's another reason i i do it and uh but no, i wouldn't say i've never felt resistance but it does i've had some people kind of uh, i don't know how to put it but uh you know you you got a bunch of money on the line and Oh You're yeah, trying to fish the same spot as somebody else. Some people can get mad, but I've always just kind of been one of them. Like, well, you know, if it, it is what it is. Uh, if I feel like, you know, sometimes if I'm not that confident in the spot, or I don't really think the fish are there to win it and for me, you know, I'll let them have it. Uh, but sometimes, you know, it's just one of them things. You know, it is what it is. You got to go through it. I mean, there ain't no way around it. You got to go through it.
0: Yeah, and I just think it's cool fishing. I just, in my mind, thinking through the analogies of, you know, Jesus calling the first disciples. You I know, mean, a lot of Jesus' teaching was around fishing. You yes, know, sir. And, you know, all the different traits of a fisherman, you know, is what Jesus is looking for in us, right? So that, that's good stuff. Um, so how would you encourage somebody that's listening, you know, coach, an athlete, or wherever they are, that understands that they have a platform, some people's platform's big, some is small, but we all have a platform. How would you encourage them to be bold in their faith? For me, I've always kind of liked to keep
1: telling myself, you never know who's watching because somebody is always watching. I don't, it don't matter if you're uh, playing football and you don't even play, you just sit the bench. Somebody is watching you that cares and pays attention to that pays attention to you. So uh I mean I can I can remember looking back through high school and I uh I always had all these little kids that looked up to me and it I kinda felt the part where when I was a little kid, I used to love having the the high school athlete, you know, look at me and speak to me. So I felt like I loved that. I wanted to do that for those kids. So I always kind of made my went out of my way to Uh, talk to the kids and, you know, kind of mentor them in a way. But as far as encouraging, it's just somebody's always watching. And you just – you don't want to ruin your reputation by in one moment, I guess.
0: But, yeah, I mean, you know, the the whole idea of somebody's always watching and one little thing can can mess up a witness um, Mm -hmm. is an important reminder, especially when you do have – in athletics, right or wrong. I mean, you, it is a, it's a platform um, and you can use it for good or bad. And that whole reminder of somebody's always watching is good. Um, That's good stuff. So one of my favorite questions is, um, and I'm sure you, you probably have several, but a lot of people have a favorite Bible verse or a life verse or one that just means a lot to them. So I was going to ask if you did, or You know, if there's one that God has shown you recently that you'd share. Yeah.
1: uh, So every year I get a Bible verse put on my fishing jersey. And that's kind of, I I go through and I find a verse that I feel like God's called me to put on it. Uh, Maybe it's for him to show other people or it's just one that I feel like means a lot to me that year. Uh, Last year I had 2 Corinthians 5, 7. It says, uh, for we live by faith, not by sight. Uh, and this year, I'm having Luke 137, for with God, nothing is impossible. Uh, and that, that one means a lot to me because just everything that's happened this past year, like going back to the boat situation. I mean, looking at how to afford a boat, and it's just one of the things when nothing is impossible. But I will say my favorite verse, probably one that's always meant a lot to me. It was on the first fishing jersey I did. It's one I've always—it's just always been my Bible verse, and that's uh, Philippians four thirteen. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me.
0: Love the idea of putting a different verse on your jersey every year because that also puts it out there that hey, you know, it means something to me, and and you have to be be prepared to answer because somebody's going to ask you, hey, what's what's that on your jersey? You know, and so you you can tell them the verse, but also it's that's kind of an open door to explain why you put on put on your jersey and what it means to you. That's why I tell my my boys like to write Bible verses on their cleats. Mm-hmm. And I tell them that's great, but just know a couple of things: you can get made fun of, and you got to be able to take it. Yeah. you know, same thing for you as a fisherman. You know, being around grown men that probably a lot of them are not believers and not live in the same way as you, you do. They could see that verse on your Jersey and start making fun of you. So you got to be, you know, tough to take that, but also be prepared to, to share testimony of what that verse means. I think that's powerful. I love that. I just, it makes me think that. What if we all, no matter what profession we had, we all had a Bible verse on our shirt when we went to work, you know, you wear one when you go fishing And what if at my job, I, I had, I picked a verse and, you know, would I act different? Um, so I think that's good. I love that. So the last question, um, two words, um, all in. It's, you know, it's really, I mean, it's all over sports. Sometimes I think it's overused. But it's also, if you look at the New Testament in the Gospels, Jesus talks a lot about to be his disciple, deny yourself, take up your cross, basically be all in. So what does that look like? I like to ask it from a practical standpoint for you and your personal life, Tyler, what does that look like for you to be all in in your walk on a daily basis?
1: When I, when I think of all in my mind immediately goes to the lukewarm Christian, Uh, a lukewarm Christian is just as bad as a freezing cold. You, you want to be all, you want to be piping hot. You want to be all in. Uh, But for me, I get, it kind of looks like it is something you've chose to follow. It's your choice and you choose to follow Jesus and follow God. And there's no, well, only if this happens or all, you know, if this happens, no, you're hundred percent. That's your choice and you're sticking with it. And you stay focused and you focus on the mission and the job and the responsibilities that come with it.
0: Yeah, that's good. I like that. Piping hot. Um, that's that's good stuff, because it's easy to be lukewarm, right? That's that's the easy way. You know, I think that's why we see so many people that are lukewarm, because it's easy um, to be piping hot as a believer in your faith. It's not easy in today's world, because you're going against everybody else. You don't get made fun of. You're going to get pushed aside. You may lose a job I and mean, there, there's a risk with being piping hot today. And I think that's, that's God's design, right? He doesn't want it to be it easy does. because if it was easy, we wouldn't rely on him. So when I think in, in your world, when you're, it's just you and somebody you don't know on the water fishing, I mean, it'd be easy to be lukewarm. You know, so I think God's given you an incredible platform and I appreciate it and wish you the best as you, start this tour in 2022 and you know we were talking before we hit record and I'll say this I mean we had planned on doing this um right before COVID so two years ago yeah it was and um my schedule your schedule it just didn't work and I probably didn't do a very good job of following through but looking back I think we were talking before I hit record that that's just God's timing so Mm -hmm. I appreciate your willingness to jump on here and share your story. I just think that testimony of the boat is just, is is incredible. And I know encourage somebody that's listening. So I appreciate it.
1: I really appreciate you having me on.
0: Thank you again to Tyler for taking time to share his story and just encourage us um, to, to never give up, to pursue our dreams and our goals, but also make sure that Christ is at the center of those and that um, God always has a plan his plan is greater than ours. His timing is better than ours. And lastly, the encouragement to just to be piping hot. I love, I love those two words. Um, we always talk about being hot or cold. Don't be lukewarm. But I love just the term of thinking about just being piping hot. And that's just an encouragement to me personally, an encouragement to you. So thank you again, Tyler. Thank you for listening. Um, I hope you've been encouraged. I hope you'll share this episode with somebody in your life that may need to be encouraged as well. If you're not a subscriber, whatever podcast platform you're listening to right now, hit the subscribe button. There's over 170 episodes prior to this that I think you'll enjoy. We'll also encourage you. So um, we'd, we'd really appreciate if you would subscribe to this. We we have some incredible ones coming up. I'm excited about uh, some episodes coming up in 2022. Um, and the last thing I'll say is we love to hear from you. You can go to Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and your search part is type in All In Sports Outreach. i will take you to our, our pages there. Also, our website, www.allinsportsoutreach.org. Find out opportunities to, to pray for us, to serve with us, to give. Thank you again. But most of all, we, we covet your prayers. We're very appreciative of your encouragement.